11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players, both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Perfect Soccer Podcast. Our special guest today is Chris Duvall. Chris, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. Uh, let's just go back in time. What was your first memory of playing soccer? Oh, man. Uh, I think my first my first memories playing soccer are probably uh, at, uh, at my older brother's soccer games. Um, you know, when he was playing his games, I would be on the sideline kicking a ball with my dad or the other kids that were, you know, little siblings of, of the people that were playing. So, um, you know, I, I don't remember my first games or anything like that, but I definitely yeah. remember being at my brother's games playing around. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, like, just tell me about uh, what, what, like, playing soccer, your your club teams in, like, high school, if you, if you played high school. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think now if you play in academy, you're not allowed to play high school soccer, but yeah. I, I definitely played. Um so I played for a club called Concord Fire in, in Atlanta, um, and I played for my high school team, Wesleyan. Um, my high school team was not very good until my senior year. We actually lost in the state finals my senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, our club team was very good. We we went to nationals. We, you know, we traveled the country playing in tournaments, uh, Disney and Surf Cup in San Diego, and um, you know. I, those are memories that I, I definitely think I'm going to cherish forever. You know, those, yeah. uh, I'm still friends with a lot of those guys and it's been over a decade. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. What about like, what, what was the time period when, when you thought like, or you knew like you were like better than the rest or like above average? Um, honestly, I'm not sure. I, I really ever hit that point until, um, you know, the, the recruiting process, mm-hmm. um, I was really close to going to, to college of Charleston, um, which is a smaller school, um, mm-hmm. smaller soccer school. And then, um, you know, all of a sudden I got recruited by Wake Forest and at the time they had gone to, you know, four straight final fours. And mm-hmm. it was one of those where it's like, well, you, you know, you can't really say no to Wake Forest. So, um, yeah, you know, I think that was kind of a, a moment where I was like, Oh, well, I could really take this somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, like going through your recruiting, that was going to be my next question about recruiting. Um, like you mentioned those two schools, was there any other schools that were looking at you that you were, um, interested in? Um, yeah, I really wanted to go to Duke. I really, really wanted to go to Duke, but, uh, they, um, were not very interested. Um, Mm -hmm. and I couldn't really afford to go there if they weren't that interested. So, um, uh, I was getting recruited by uh, University of Virginia, um, Notre Dame, and then 
you know, Wake Forest and College of Charleston were the two main ones. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and then, yeah, what, what was your overall experience like at Wake Forest, like on and off the field? Uh, off the field was fantastic. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I loved it there. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, you know, those are my best friends, and school was really hard. Um, you know, Wake Forest, they, they like to call it Work Forest. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the academics part was, was really intense. Um, and the soccer side, I think that was probably the period in my career where I grew the most. Um, you know, growing up, I didn't learn soccer really. You just you go out and you do whatever feels good, whatever's fun. You, if you want to dribble until you lose it, then you dribble till you lose it. And if you, you know, it's, there was no teaching process there, or not or not as much. Um, and when I came to Wake, that was when I really learned the game. Um, and our coach Davidovich really put a concerted effort to make sure that all of us were students of the game and, um, you know, understood the way the game is supposed to be played, understood why we make certain decisions and, um, really studied the game. Um, so I think, you know, as far as the mental side of, of the game, that was primarily developed, I think in college, that was a, a massive time of, of growth for me. Um, but I was not like <laughs> a set in stone starter. I think I was not, uh, you know, I was not one of the better players on the team by any means. It was just, uh, you know, the time when I was growing and mm-hmm. learning and coming into my own. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, I think you're being a little too humble because then in 2014 you got picked as a 22nd pick overall. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what it, what yeah. it, or like, like going, it was your senior, you you stayed for, to your senior year, right? Yes, yeah. I did, I did. Did you, um, like, what were your expectations, like MLS-wise, like draft-wise, did you have any? No, I had literally zero expectations. <laughs> I remember um, at the end of my senior year, um, you know, we had meetings with the coaching staff, and, you know, Wake Forest is a big program. There are seven, eight guys that, mm-hmm. you know, the coach met with and were like, yeah, you're going to go to the MLS probably. Like, this is what to expect. You should pick up an agent and, like, all these, all these things. And I remember my meeting was more of like, okay, if you want to continue to play soccer, you're going to have to find a tryout in USL and, and kind of grind it out and, you don't really need an agent because you know for what you're going to be getting into you just need your game to to prove yourself and you know an agent's not really going to do anything for you mm-hmm. um and so I, I mean i didn't get invited to any you know combines or anything but one of my assistant coaches helped me get invited to like this um this combine that salt lake city the real salt lake was having mm-hmm. um and most of the guys that were going there were guys that either weren't going to get drafted or, you know, potentially going to be drafted in the last round. So, you know, I figured if I can go there and, and, you know, be pretty good compared to these guys, maybe this one team Salt Lake will maybe draft me in the last round. Um, and when I got there, I kind of realized like, Oh my gosh, I, (laughs) you know, these guys are not at the level that I expected. Um, and so Salt Lake then pushed for me to get invited to the senior combine. Um, and so I got added to the senior combine probably about a week before the combine started because there were some injuries. Um, and I was just like, okay, there's you know 75 or 76 guys getting drafted. There's about 72 players here. So as long as I'm not the worst player at the combine, I've got a chance, you know? Yeah. And it was kind of the same experience. After day one, I was like, wow, these guys are not – at the level that I expected, you know, it's not as far outside of the realm of possibility as I thought. 
Um, <laughs> and then after the first game, you know, I ended up, the, the coaches have an opportunity to meet with players that they're interested in. And um, I, I feel pretty confident that no one there knew me because I wasn't, you know, I, I had never been in the spotlight. I'd never mm-hmm. expected to even be at the combine. So after the first day I had like 12 meetings and from then on, it was just kind of, you know, it took off from there. So, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that's crazy because if I, I think I read this correctly, so you were the, you were the um, earliest picked at, at from Wake Forest that, that year. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. pretty crazy yeah. from you telling me that you were, they were like, oh yeah, don't even get an agent, like whatever. And then you get picked 20 seconds. So, so that was a big surprise to you then that you got picked 22nd overall? Yeah. So when I, when I went to the combine, one of my assistant coaches had, had hooked me up with an agent and mm-hmm. I, I didn't sign with him because he didn't even know who I was. No one knew who I was. So he was just like, yeah, I'll help you through the process. Yeah, that's when we crazy. go to the combine, like, I'll help you or whatever. And so after the first day, my agent was like, you should buy a flight to Philly because I think you're going to be a, a first-round draft pick. And I was like, yeah, right, dude. Like, <laughs> like last week I was hoping to get maybe picked in the last round. I'm not going to be the guy that flies to Philly and sits there and doesn't get picked, you know? Um so, you know, he, I ended up signing with that agent and, um, you know, I played well the rest of the combine and it kind of took off from there, but I was in no way expecting to yeah. to get drafted that high. I was just hoping to get drafted at all. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, I interviewed probably over like 50 soccer players for this podcast now. And I think like a lot of the times people like, I think in other drafts, you kind of know where you're going, but like, I feel like in the MLS, like no one ever really knows where they're going. Yeah, yeah, and kind of the icing on the cake was that I, I mean, I ended up having like fifteen or sixteen meetings with with <laughs> coaches at the combine, yeah. and New York was not one of them. So, oh you know, during God. the draft, I'm sitting here watching. I'm like, okay, like, oh, Colorado's up. Like, yeah, that's a possibility. Or like, Vancouver's up. Okay, yeah, I met with them. Like, maybe, maybe I'll get drafted there. And then when New York was up, I was like, okay, well, you know, we don't really have to pay attention. That's one of the few. That's one of the teams I didn't meet with. And then, they, and then they picked me and. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, Uh, yeah. So then, I couldn't be more thankful. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then, yeah, tell me, like, what was your first game like? What was your first game experience like in the MLS? Uh, my my first game was kind of interesting. I uh, we were away at Toronto, um, and we were down one zero at the half, and I was on the bench and, um. I remember everyone when when halftime started, everyone went into the locker room, and our coach was like, "No, just stay out here and warm up." I was like, "Oh, okay." So I stood out on the field, and I, I was kind of like half-heartedly warming up because I didn't really know what was going on. Um, and then, like halfway through halftime, our trainer comes out, and he's like, "No, you're going in. Like, you better get yourself ready." So it's like, "Oh man!" So I started like ramping up the warm up, um, and then I, I came on at half, um, and. I mean, we ended up losing 2-0, but I, I, I played pretty well. I, you know, I think really a lot of it was because I didn't have time to, to think about it. You know, I wasn't expecting to go in. All of a sudden, I have like five minutes to prepare, and, you know, I'm just rushing to get my body ready to, to play. And, you know, I didn't really have time to think about how big of a moment it was for me. So, it, I mean, it was, uh, you know, pretty amazing experience. Yeah, for sure. Now, I know, I know you're a defender – um, but you do have two MLS goals. Uh, can you take me through your first MLS goal? Yeah, the first one was uh, was in New York. Um, we were playing, I think it was the first the first uh, derby game with NYCFC that was in Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so um, I think we went down 1-0 first. Um, and then we, we pulled one back, so we were tied 1-1. Um, and we had a free kick. And I usually don't go in on free kicks, but I think someone was you know, needed a rest, so they stayed back. And I was like, okay, I'll go in the box. Mm-hmm. Um, we floated the free kick, you know, towards the back post. Didn't didn't connect. The ball popped around, and and it ended up recirculating. And uh, once we swung it back in the box, it, it it popped to me, and I just you know it fell to me in the air, and I figured a volley near post. If I can just hit it hard, I'll give myself a chance. So. Um, you know, just kind of smoked it as hard as I could in the near post. <laughs> I was very fortunate. So that was that was in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, in yeah, Yankee that's, Stadium. That's pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, we ended up winning three one. Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing way to score the score my first one in a derby and yeah. the game winner in Yankee Stadium. It was it was a really cool moment. Really cool moment. Yeah, definitely. Did you get to keep the ball? Uh, no, I actually. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I was still young. I didn't yeah, even know yeah. that was a thing until like <laughs> the end of the, the end of the year. Someone else had a ball, and I was like, "Wait, do I get a ball?" <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't know you get a ball for scoring your first goal. You know, yeah, so yeah. Um, no, I didn't get to keep that ball. I wish I did though. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, then you played for um, the Red Bulls for three years, and then you got you got traded to Montreal. Um, what was that experience? Not not just to get traded, but to get traded to another country. <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely interesting. It was uh, part of the expansion draft, and mm-hmm. and I remember Atlanta was coming into the league that year. Um, Atlanta and Minnesota, and I'm from Atlanta, yeah. and I remember talking to my agent. And he was basically saying like, "There's a possibility that you get picked by Atlanta in this expansion draft because I wasn't protected um, by New York." And so I was like, "Oh wow, that would be like really cool to end up going home," yeah. you know, but. Otherwise, I, I really wanted to stay in New York. Like, I was in love with that place, you know. And so, um, you know, expansion draft started, and I got picked by Minnesota, which I'm pretty sure my agent had told me, like, oh, 100% chance you're not going to Minnesota. <laughs> so when I got picked by them, I was like, what in the world is going on, you know? Yeah. Um, and then immediately they traded me to Montreal. And, um, you know, at the time, that wasn't a place that I wanted to to go. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to stay in New York. I wanted to stay in America. The team was really good. You know, we were having success. And so, um, you know, I, I wasn't too excited about getting traded. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit of, you know, heartbreak when you get let go by your first team and all that. But, um, much ended up being a, a really valuable experience. Um, you know, New York was a very, um, American, um, you know, a very American club mm-hmm. and Montreal was very much European, very French. Um, and so I ended up having to, to grow a lot, I think, in, in my game and as a person to end up going, you know, Canada doesn't sound like it's another country. It's right there. But yeah. French Canada feels like you're far from home. Um, yeah, definitely. So it was a it was a really cool experience. Definitely a really valuable experience. Yeah, yeah, that's why I had to ask that because obviously, again, trade is one thing, but then like you have to move to a whole other country versus a state. Yeah, um, yeah. What is that like too? Just like, did you have to get like, like when you get like paid or something? Like you convert it back to the U.S. dollars? Yeah. So, so it's actually kind of interesting. We get paid in U.S. dollars, and then you can choose whether you want to put it in your Canadian bank account or your American bank account, and so they convert it. So. 
basically you end up, you know, the, the exchange rate of course changes from yeah. day to day, week to week, you know? So you end up getting paid basically the amount that the exchange rate gives you on that particular day on payday. Um, yeah, that's, cra- that's crazy. So it, it, yeah, it fluctuates. Um, and so I've actually for the last couple of years been kind of watching the market and seeing when the exchange rate is, has been better mm-hmm. than it was when I was in Montreal. So I can flip my money back to America and not, you know, yeah. lose money on a bad exchange rate. So sure. it's, you know, you end up kind of having money stuck in Canada when you leave, unless you're, you know, okay with losing money on the exchange, which, yeah. you know, it's, it's not like a life changing amount, but yeah. you still don't want to, <laughs> you yeah, still don't want to lose money on the exchange. Yeah. Definitely. That's great. That's like, you're, that's like you're getting paid in like a stock basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people don't think about it. Like, yeah. you know, I, I know that, there's rumors out there about people not wanting, you know, American guys not wanting to go to Canada or whatever in all sports. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of facets to it that people don't think about. You know, you got to get a new cell phone plan. You've got to get a new bank account. You've got to get, you know, there's a lot of things that that change that are, you know, it's not bad, but it's just extra, you know, an extra factor that you don't think about when you're going there, you know, that you end up having to deal with. Yeah. Um, I don't think it should deter players from wanting to go to Canada, but it's definitely a little bit of an extra stressor for sure. Yeah, definitely. Enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players? Well, how would you like to work with professional players one-on-one? Now you can with BPro by Perfect Soccer. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. And then um, after you played for Montreal, I believe two seasons, you got traded again to the Houston Dynamo. So what, what was the second trade like? And like, was it more, was it easier to get traded the second time? Yeah. The, the first one was the first trade was like, you know, all the guys always talk about the heartbreak of your first trade, you know, cause yeah. you, you love your first team and you'll do anything for your first team. And then you get traded and you're like, Oh man, this is a business, you know? Yeah. Um, the second one was a lot easier. Um, I actually requested a trade. I, I wanted to leave. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was happy to get traded to Houston. Okay. You know, um, So I, I don't think Montreal was the best um, fit for me at the time. And, I, you know, it was just time for me to move on to the next stage. And so I, I requested a trade and they were very accommodating. They said, okay, and, and made sure that they, they'd move me. Um, and so they sent me to Houston. I was, you know, I was really, really happy to not only to be, you know, back in America, but to get a fresh start in a new club. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, of course, it didn't turn out the best, but mm-hmm. I at least had a shot of, at a new start, which is exactly what I wanted. Yeah, definitely. And then last year you played for uh, the Portland Timbers. Um, just like what was your experience like in the in the bubble and things like that? Yeah, it, it was a really weird year because yeah, up sure. until about, you know, a couple months ago, I didn't really even get to see Portland because we were basically on lockdown the whole yeah. year, you know? So um, I didn't really get to experience the city the way I would have liked and get to know the city and the fans and the club. And But uh, the, the club actually treated me, they treat their players very well. It's very professional there. And I actually, I really love the Timbers and... Um, you know, as far as the bubble is concerned, that was, I think, an experience that, you know, I, I'll never forget. We, 
had planned on being down there for, you know, 21 days or something. And then, um, you know, we make it out of our group and we just keep winning. And all of a sudden we're there for, you know, I don't know, 45 days, I think, and in this bubble. And, you know, you can't talk to anyone else and you can't, you know, there's not much you can do. You're just stuck in this bubble with your teammates. And so we actually, like, I think these teammates are probably the closest I've ever been to a group mm-hmm. of, of teammates because we were stuck together for yeah. so long. It was like, you know, you're sitting at the lunch table with the same guys and it's, yeah. you just end up getting to know everything there is to know about each other because what else do you have to talk about, you know? Yeah, definitely. Did, so, it, did it feel like college kind of? Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. It was yeah. interesting. Yeah, it was like, it was almost like sleepaway camp. Except yeah, yeah, yeah for almost two months <laughs> you know and, and for the guys that were for the single guys like me it was you know it was fun for a bit until it got exhausting you know but for the married guys i know it was it was really tough to be away from their families and yeah. their wives and their kids and you know it was it was really hard on a lot of those guys made it easier made it a lot sweeter that we ended up winning the whole thing yeah um but uh you know it definitely was not an easy an easy uh journey for sure but um you know Winning made it sweeter. Yeah, definitely. Do you did you guys get like rings for winning the MLS's back tournament? No, no rings. Oh, okay. No rings. <laughs> Just uh, a trophy and some pictures and memories. That's about it. Gotcha. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, it's always nice to, to win Winning's a trophy. Up. Yeah, definitely. Something and 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 that's a tournament that I don't think will ever happen again. So we're yeah, the only sure. ones that <laughs> yeah, ever won it. So that's nice. Yeah, definitely. Uh, are you ready for the five Quincy questions? Yeah, yeah, let's hear him. <laughs> All right, what's the what's the most important quality or skill that you feel has made you successful as a pro player? Uh, I think self-awareness. Um, I think that's really important. There's a lot of guys that I think come in and out of the league that, that don't know their strengths, that don't know their weaknesses, that, you know, they can come out of a game where they played horrible and be like, yeah, I played great, you know, or, or, or vice versa. They can come out of a game that – they played great and they're like, Oh no, that wasn't it. That wasn't good. I think being able to be able to honestly self-assess and, and honestly understand my strengths and weaknesses has been able to propel me pretty far because, you know, okay, maybe I'm not very good at, you know, this one thing well, I can now actively work on it on my own because I've already assessed it and I can also find other things that I can find that are strengths that can, mask this weakness you know if i'm slow well then i have to work on my positioning and my you know my one-on-ones and, and situations to keep me from being put in a situation where i'm in a foot, a foot race so i think being able to you know be self-aware is is very important for guys in this league because uh you know it, it allows you to propel yourself further yeah as you're able to to work on yourself yeah definitely um What's the, what's the biggest mistake you think pro players are making? Um, I think I think a lot of pro players make the mistake of um, of not looking into the future, mm-hmm. um, whether that's about their soccer career or their career after soccer. Um, there's a lot of short sighted. Um, thought in MLS and you know the way guys will spend their money or the way they'll go through their days a lot of especially the young single guys will you know come home from training and 
you know, mess around all day. And it's like, you've got, you know, six to eight hours a day that you can be spending to, to better yourself, to prepare yourself for what's next, because most of us are on year to year contracts or two year contracts. And, you know, it could be over at the drop of a hat. So you need to be constantly preparing for what's next, constantly preparing and, and bettering yourself for the next team you're going to be on or the next stage in your life, because that's, you know, it could come tomorrow for all we know. Yeah, definitely. Um, what, what advice would you give a young player like trying to get a scholarship or, or trying to make like a pro league? Yeah. Um, I think the number one thing I would say is, is to just don't quit. Mm-hmm. Um, recently I've been training a lot of young kids and I think one thing that, that is so common is, you know, you do a drill and you mess it up and it's like, ugh, you know, they're upset and it ruins the rest of the drill because they've, they've messed it up or they lose. And then it's like, Oh dang, I lost, you know, and instead it should be, well, I messed it up, do it again. and I'm gonna get it right. Or I lost. Okay. Play me again. You know? And it's, there just shouldn't be any quitting you because the moment you let that seed of doubt slip in, it's it, everyone else can see it and they can expose it. So never quit, never say die, have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder because you know, if you keep fighting, you'll, you'll find success and that's, you just need to keep trying over and over. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, these next two could be soccer related or life related. Okay. Uh, what, what's, what's something most people think is true that you believe isn't. Ooh, (laughs) this, this can be non-soccer related. Yeah. I don't think we landed on the moon. (laughs) <laughs> all right I like, all right i like that <laughs> so you think do it, i have to explain you think i mean if you want that's what i was gonna say what you think it was state like you think they filmed in a studio or something <laughs> well here we go <laughs> i mean i just like we're out here you know the, the computers back then filled up a whole room for what we could do on like our cell phones now like the idea that the idea that we can make it to the moon is so crazy to me. Like I just, it's so hard for me to wrap my mind around that. Like, like I'm not saying that we didn't. Like, if someone proved that we did, I wouldn't be like, no, you're wrong. You know, yeah. but it's just hard for me to believe. You know? No, I feel I, I feel you on that when you say it like that. Like, you know, the whole computer and and our phones now, and they couldn't even. There wasn't that then, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, it makes a lot more sense that our like. Our government would just be like, you know what? Like, we figured out we can't go to the moon. Let's just say we did, and that's you know that'll be the end of it. Like, that makes a lot more sense than us actually being able to go there with that kind of technology. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What what what's something you would move forward with if you weren't scared of what would happen if things didn't go well? Um, that's tough. Um. I think the things that come to mind are things that I'm already going to plan to do anyway. I think mm-hmm. um, if if I wasn't scared to that things wouldn't go well, I I would probably start my own business today. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that being an entrepreneur is risky, and you know it's it's expensive and it's time consuming and it's a lot of effort, and you don't want to waste all that for something that's going to fail. So it's mm-hmm. hard to t- to push yourself to take the risk. Um, if you don't know that it's going to succeed and with a startup, you, you never know if it's going to succeed. So I think, um, that's definitely one thing that, that I would pull the trigger on 
immediately if I were, um, you know, if, if I weren't scared of, of the result. Yeah, you successfully passed the five Quincy questions. <laughs> good, good. Uh, um, I know I, that's tough. I've I've yeah. talked to Quincy enough. I was expecting it to be uh to be some real stumpers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, you're you're currently a free agent right now, right? Yeah, so, yeah, I'm currently a free agent. So what do uh what does that like look like for you right now? Like, are you are you like in contact with teams or whatnot, or you have to try out yeah. or anything? Yeah, teams have been in contact with my agent off and on over the last few months, um, and it's just my job to stay fit until someone, mm-hmm. um, you know, makes a definitive offer. Um, I was training with the Timbers. They they knew me. They liked me. They, you know, I was COVID safe, and they mm-hmm. you know trusted me. So um, they allowed me to come in and keep training with them all through preseason and up until about two weeks ago. Um, just to you know make sure i could stay fit it was mutually beneficial they get an extra number at training and yeah. and i get to stay fit until someone calls and, and if someone did call they were you know i'm a free agent so i, I could leave whenever i wanted it wasn't like uh you know i oh portland anything or yeah. you know anything like that so it was, it was a good situation you know i got to stay around the guys that i'm friends with and the coaching staff that i really like and, and stay fit while also you know being prepared to to go play some rust so mm-hmm. um now that you know my lease ended in portland so now i'm headed back to atlanta where my family is and so taking a little bit of a, a break um yeah. and then you know when i get there I get back into it hey maybe you'll get the call from atlanta right when you get there <laughs> that would be nice that <laughs> would sure. be nice <laughs> for sure are right, you ready for some fun questions These are the last ones yeah sure uh what's your favorite song right now oh that's tough I know you had to be listening to some music while you're on this road trip. <laughs> I have, I've been listening to podcasts actually. Oh, all right. Um, I would say probably anything by Kalani. All right, I like that. Uh, what's your What's your favorite food? Um, favorite food. That's tough. Macaroni and cheese. All right. Um, what uh, What do you like to do in your free time? Uh, I'm currently in grad school, so I, I wouldn't say I have much free time, <laughs> All right. um, but I like watching soccer. I like watching any sports, really basketball, football. Um, that's definitely something I, I do in my free time. Oh, what are you, what are you on for your master's right now? Uh, I'm getting, a my MBA in business nice. management. Nice. Oh yeah. I actually saw, um, your, your grandfather played in the NFL. Uh, no, my, uh, my godfather. Oh, godfather, godfather. Yeah, so, yeah, he was, you know, we're really good family friends, and they're our neighbors growing up, and so our families are very, uh, intertwined, um, but yeah, he, he played for the Houston Oilers and the Falcons. Gotcha, did, did, uh, did you ever go to him for advice about, like, just, like, being a pro athlete? Yeah, all the time. Actually, when I was, you know, coming out of college and training for the Combine, he was the one that trained me. Oh, that's cool. Um, so yeah, we you know we talk a lot about that kind of stuff. Gotcha, that's awesome. Well, Chris, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, best of luck the rest of the season. I'm rooting for you. To, hopefully, Atlanta signs you. That'd be dope. Uh, <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, could you let the the listeners know where they can follow you on social media? Yeah, yeah. So um, my Instagram is Christoval18, and my Twitter is Christoval91. I'm not very active on Twitter, but I'm definitely active on Instagram. So that would. Uh, you know, hopefully they'd enjoy uh, tossing a follow there. 
Yeah, for sure. Again, uh, appreciate it, and uh, best of luck the rest of the season. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you for having me. Quincy Marroquois here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you'd like us to interview next, we'll get working on that right away. You can listen to this full episode and more at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today.